It's Megan. It's Morgan. And we're in. Yeah, that one sounded a little off, but fuck it, it's Skype. Who knows? Who knows yeah. anymore? It is exactly. anyway. Listen, they're getting them on time now, so that's true. That's very true. <clears throat> Hello, friends. Hi. Hello again. Hopefully, this is the last episode we have to record on Skype. We'll fucking see. It's yeah, supposed I'm... to end less than a week from now, and I haven't heard anything, so I'm kind of like, what the fuck. I've seen random, like, articles about, like, oh, businesses are going to start opening next week again and whatever, so I don't know. They're mm. not, like, reputable sources, though, so I wouldn't. Yeah, and, like, the government hasn't actually said anything. But school's going back, so that's a good thing, a bad thing? I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I there's, don't go to school, so. There's so many people that are, like, <laughs> they're, like, well, if schools are going back, then, like, why can't lockdown be over kind of thing? And, like, I totally get it in a way because it's like if school if kids are going to be intermingling in class why can't I like see my grandma if I want to like I I get it but it's like people are going ham over this (sighs) fun time not what we're here to talk about today we're here to talk about simpler times oh my god (laughs) such simpler times such simpler times I've actually I've been to joke a lot recently, like, ah, oh, simpler times. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a lot of the times when I think back to, like, the best times of high school and stuff, it has a lot to do with uh, what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Everything else was like, eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eh. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but today, we're talking about the theater. The theater. The theater. Specifically, uh, the one in St. Catherine's Collegiate. And our experiences in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Megan were both uh, drama kids in high school. Uh, she was a drama kid way before I was, so she'll have a little little bit more to talk oh, to you boy. <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, uh, like we said, like drama is a lot of the things that was our best experiences about high school. So uh, we're here to talk about that today. We just want to reminisce about better times. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You bet. <clears throat> But before we do that, we're going to play a little drama game. Kind of. (laughs) It's like, sort of, it's not cupidity. It's it's one of those, like, brain games to make you think. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So this just kind of came through random internet searching and then kind of changing what the internet search told us to do. Uh, this is just going to be us explaining weird shit to a five-year-old. Yeah. So we basically each have a bunch of weird things that either might come up with children or you may have to explain to them at some point. And we're going to ask the other person and then you need to explain to it. Oh my God, he's on the VR set. Newton! Oh my God! <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> We're going to explain it to each other. <laughs> That's the first way to get to a five-year-old. 
Oh my god, he fucking I, booked it out of there. Yeah, he did. He I'm out of toys now. Prize. No, I threw a mouse. Oh, I'm I'm out of toys now though, so hopefully he doesn't fuck with it again, or I'll have to get up and move it. But that's yeah. fine. <coughs> Gosh. So yeah, we're gonna explain, uh, like we're explaining them to children. Yeah. Um, I'll go first if you want to give me something. Uh, sure. Um, why can't I see in the dark? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, well. Okay, my first reaction to trying to explain this is so rude. <laughs> this just, my first immediate reaction is like, no humans can see in the dark. What makes you so special? Wow! Like, five-year-olds, that's not necessarily something nice to say to a five-year-old. Uh, so I'll just say, uh, oh, I remember actually asking this as a child to someone, and the response I got was, eat a lot of carrots, and you might, because carrots apparently help your vision. Like, that's a thing, apparently. Oh, They're good it, for your it, eyes. It is, it kind of, but, like, I remember being told that as a kid, that, like, carrots were good for your eyes or whatever. But you saying that has made me realize that I feel like most of the answers to this question that I would have got or like any of these questions that I would have got as a kid would have been like some bullshit to trick me into doing something. And now I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Okay. So let me actually try this. So um, can I, what's the five-year-old's name? Joseph. All right, Joseph. Can I call you Joey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So, Joey, um, super sucks you can't see in the dark. I know. Uh, I, can't, I can't either, as cool as I am. But um, the reason why you can't see in the dark is because we're humans. <laughs> and humans, uh, our eyes aren't that great. We, uh, <laughs> over evolution, you know, we, we realized that we didn't really need that great of eyesight because we always had assistive devices to help us see things like lamps and, you know, flame. I don't know. Uh, but other animals could see in the dark, like cats and owls and wildlife, because they need to see in the dark to live. So that's, that's why you can't see in the dark. Okay, this is way funnier than I originally <laughs> thought it was going to be. Because <laughs> you're using words like evolution and devices. Oh, God. Well, back to the last episode where I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have kids. This is probably why. <laughs> Fuck. Little Joseph's like, Mom, why can't I see in the dark? And you're like, Well, I know I'm super dope, but <laughs> I also can't see in the dark, so uh, suck it um, up, Jimmy. Exactly. I know what I want to ask you. Okay. Why do we bleed? Slash, oh what is blood, and why do we need it? I should have got rid of that one. <laughs> Um, okay, what's my kid's name? <laughs> Your kid's name is Danny. Well, Danny. Um, 
is it? Why do we bleed? What is blood and why do we need it? Um, okay, okay. So to break down the three-part question here, Danny. <laughs> well, blood is a liquid inside your body. It's not actually a liquid. It's a plasma, but we'll call it a liquid. <laughs> a and listen, I didn't ask any extra questions. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up and learn. (laughs) So the liquid in your body, when you breathe in air, that air goes into your lungs, yeah? Your lungs give that air to your blood. And then the blood carries that air around your body, which you need to do things like move your muscles. Okay. Which brings us to your second question, why do we need it? It helps you move. It keeps things moving, your, your heart pumping, your lungs moving and stuff. Everything in your body needs blood. Why do we bleed? Because when you, when you cut the little, they're like running through little tubes in your body. <laughs> and if you cut the tube, the, the liquid pours out of the tube. So, I mean, that's just a lesson on being cautious, Danny. And also, <laughs> speaking of being cautious... Don't let vampires take your blood and be cautious of blood donation clinics. It's a good thing to donate blood, but you still need it to live. <laughs> Damn it. But I well, hear you I thought get... about needing to move. I hear you get soup if you go, though. <laughs> yeah, that give me nice soup. <laughs> oh, my God, that was so good. Man, I had so many more questions as a five-year-old, but... Oh, I know. I wanted to be like, what? Why? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be here forever. Fucking Mm five-year-olds. Okay, so my second one is, what is Easter? Oh, that's easy. Okay. Is it? (laughs) Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do you want, like, (laughs) the real explanation? What is Easter? What do you tell a kid? <laughs> well, what I would... Okay, what's that kid's name? Uh, Susie. Aw, Susie. All right. Well, Susie, Easter is a day after... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say after what holiday? Fucking Good Friday. Um, okay. Let me start over, Susie. This was confusing. Easter... <laughs> Easter's day, uh, where if you're good, the Easter bunny will come to your house and bring chocolate eggs to you, and the only way you can get them all is if you find them and race your siblings for it. It's a bloodbath, but it's awesome, because you get chocolate. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was really hoping to, like, force the religious aspect into it, but I was like, I can't ask follow-up questions. Like, why do we got to go to church then? Well, and honestly, like, I don't even remember going to church for Easter. Like, I probably did when I was younger because we went to church, but, like, I literally only remember the chocolate from Easter. So if I was talking to a kid, I would not even go into it. I think other than when I was, like, really little, I ended up at fucking church on Easter because I did scouts a bunch, and they always went to church on Easter and did, like, a whole thing because, you know, Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) 
So awful. There's a few of these that I want to do for you, but oh boy, let me get one more. I know. I think I'm gonna go on theme with the first one that you asked me. Why can't I breathe water? Oh jeez. Um. His name is Trevor. Oh, Trevor. Okay, Trevor, you know how Danny asked earlier about the blood and stuff, and I mentioned that when you breathe in air, you breathe in air, right? <laughs> your, <laughs> your lungs are only meant to take in gases. There are three states of matter. There are four states of matter, actually. There's gas, which is air and steam and stuff, and there's liquid, which is water and coffee. There's solid, which is the table. And then there's plasma, which I mentioned earlier, which is your blood technically. But it's kind of weird, so we sort of ignore it. So (laughs) your lungs can only take in air. Only things as thin as air. If you put things like liquid inside, they're thicker. And also don't have things you need, like oxygen, to make your stuff move. Am I right? (laughs) So then... (laughs) You're just, your lungs are filled with liquid and you can't, you can't. It just doesn't work. Well, I know you it doesn't die, work. Trevor. <laughs> you could die, Trevor. <laughs> okay. I have a follow-up question that's a Morgan question, so I'm yeah. allowed. Okay. Um, doesn't water have oxygen in it? It does. Our lungs just aren't built to deal with filtering the water out yeah. of it. No, like, I know. We we would need gills for that to filter the water out, and then the oxygen only goes to our lungs. Yeah, just like you were like, there's no oxygen in water, and I was like, bitch, there's oxygen in water. There's no air, though, like, not air in general. (laughs) Air. Like, chemically separated from the nitrogen, which you can't. Your lungs aren't built to do that, to break that. Okay, Trevor, your lungs aren't built to break the chemical bond between, what is it, (laughs) hydrogen and oxygen in water? Because the oxygen is what you need, but the hydrogen is that thick, goopy shit. (laughs) Oxygen is all mixed up. And and fish have these things called gills that break apart that structure. And then they intake the oxygen. We can't do that. So you take in the hydrogen, too, and then it goops up your system. And you die, Trevor. Also, like, bold of you to assume that Trevor was around when you were talking to Danny about blood. Like, what are you, guest speaking in a classroom? Yeah, I feel like I've imagined us now just, like, sitting in a kindergarten classroom and, like, there's a circle of kindergartners around us and we're just sitting in the middle like, well, Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) What up? What up? You're going to die, Trevor. (laughs) I'm so glad that you didn't have, like, what's death or, like, what happens when I die because I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Nobody knows, Trevor. That's the mystery of it all. way funnier than I thought it was gonna be (laughs) yeah I like I knew it would be kind of silly but like that was just funny the second that you were like what's my kid's name I was like oh boy and then (laughs) in my head as we're doing it I was like I wasn't aware this was gonna turn into like a whole like skit thing and I was like bitch that's literally what the episode's about (laughs) yeah it's like a drama game basically yeah that was fun it was fun that would have been really funny in high school 
Yeah, it would have been really funny. (laughs) Especially with, like, McAllister being, like, the judge. She would have been like, Megan, you can't speak like that to a child. (laughs) Like, they won't. Or just having McAllister. up your shit. (laughs) Yeah. Or McAllister just being like, wait, what's that? What's that? (laughs) Be like, damn it. Follow-up questions. Oh, my God, she would. Oh, McAllister. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So... I mean, okay, I, I kind of want to start, like, pre-high school, because I know that you did a show, oh, at least fuck. one. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just curious what your relationship was with drama before high school. I mean, that's fair. Um, I've actually done two plays before high school, but nobody asks about the first one. They only ask about the one that they know. <laughs> Um, (laughs) my first play that I did was actually, um, it was actually a church play, funny enough. Um, so our Sunday school thing, we did, we put on a production of like the song Away in a Manger. Okay. So like we acted out the song basically. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I was basically Mary, the one that like sent the baby away. Right. Damn. Yeah, I was like a five-year-old lady. Yeah, like, leading lady. <laughs> I got like these pink robes to put on. It was really cool, actually. Cool. Uh, so <laughs> that probably sparked <laughs> my stardom. Wow. Um, <laughs> and she had a taste for the spotlight ever since. <laughs> yup. Um, but honestly, um, so that was like before elementary school. Um, and then in elementary school, I wasn't in another play. I mostly stuck to like the choir stuff because I just really liked singing and I wanted to be in the choirs. Um, I actually did audition for one of the Christmas plays, but once they heard me singing and like acting out in the choir, they were like, nah, I, we need you in the choir. You're like the energy of the choir. And I was like, fuck, fine. <laughs> fuck, but also fuck. Yeah. Well, and what was really cool, though, was we did uh, Mary Poppins, and I got to be in the choir for Mary Poppins, so, like, I know all of the words to every song still, uh, which was super cool. Um, But anyway, so I was more of a choir person in, like, elementary school. But then when I got to Ferndale for grade seven and eight, um, in grade seven, they put on a play uh, that all my friends know about now and won't let me forget. (laughs) Oliver Twist. Yes. Um, and Dane was in it actually. Um, he was he played a good role in it. He was one of like fuck, I forget everything about Oliver Twist because I really Is it he the kid that says, please sir, can I have some more or something? No, that's Oliver. Oh. So you know less about Oliver Twist. That makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know shit about this. Uh what's funny is um Jelder played Oliver Twist. Like Jelder but- yeah, Jessica Elder played That's Oliver so Twist. Perfect. As a girl. And Jordy played one of the other boys. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I, love them. I know. That's and so then cute. Dane played the third friend of Oliver. So, like, they're all in the orphanage together and they escape. And I really don't remember the rest of the play because I was only in one part of it. <laughs> um, I'm the evil dude that adopts Oliver and I'm like basically a funeral dude and I'm like man I'm gonna put you to work but then Oliver doesn't work out for me like because he's just a kid so my famous line is we will have to return this new boy and they were very adamant about me doing this with my hands 
<laughs> oh, fuck, that's so good. There was a lot of gender bending in this play, and I honestly really loved it. That makes um, me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah, it was just probably because no boys at Ferndale wanted to be in the plays, but whatever. Um, and I got a sick mustache painted on my face, which is pretty cool. I also, this was the play that I learned that I'm allergic to cheap band-aids because they use band-aids to taper microphones on our faces and it oh, swelled, it was all like swelled up and shit. So that was fun. Okay. And that was my experience with plays before high school. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> That's so good. I didn't even like, I knew that I did a play in like grade eight. I didn't think about before then. But now that you mention it, in grade two. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if I should check on that. Uh, oh my god. I'm gonna be a second. <laughs> For the listeners at home, <laughs> there was a huge noise, and Newt like obviously was the cause but I saw Newt run away and up the stairs and the noise happened again so he clearly fucked some shit up oh my god you just knocked the picture over okay I explained everything that just happened because it was hilarious watching him run away and the noise still (laughs) happened I was like what the fuck Oh, that's great. Um, fuck, what the hell was I saying? Oh, okay. <laughs> great too. Um, our school did. Uh, okay, so you know how Laura Secord was really intense about their drama and stuff. When I was in high school, the drama teacher there, Miss Thorpe, I can't remember what her name was before now, but originally she was a drama teacher at my elementary school <clears throat> when I was like a wee babe. So she, with the whole school, put on a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Degree, Technicolor Dreamcoat. And I, although I can't say the title of the show, <laughs> I still remember every single color of Joseph's coat because I was part of the chorus. And in the whatever song it is that he gets the coat and stuff, uh, the chorus in the background was just like, it's green and uh, Wow, green and crimson and silver and rose and asher. And it's just this like low, like monotone, just repeating of the colors over and over again. So from a very young age, I just knew all the colors. And then it came back when we did a musical in high school, which I'll get to later. Uh, In grade eight, we did Follow the Yellow Brick Road, which was a weird amalgamation of The Wizard of Oz and Wicked because we didn't want to pay for the rights to do either actual (laughs) production, I guess. Like, once I got older, I realized what the fuck that was about. But then when I was in grade eight, I was like, what the hell? And they cast me as Galinda and gave me a song. And then they were like, you know, you sing with a lisp, right? And I was like, you know, I talk with one, right? Like, (laughs) it doesn't just go away. So the, I don't even remember what the hell her name was, but she was one of the primary teachers. She happened to be a vocal coach and she tried to teach me to sing without it. And I could if I tried very, very, very hard because I literally need to move my tongue in a different way than it does now. And it was super, super obnoxious. And I ended up, I'm pretty sure, singing it with a fucking lisp anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, so that was grade eight. And that was wow. cool. That's actually kind of crazy, though, that they were like, hey, why do you sing with a lisp? Uh, literally. And I was like, I, I talk with one. Like, yeah. 
I get that what it's not you... strong, but it's it's still there. Yeah. Um, so high school. Well, I guess in grade eight we did red carpet day at collegiate, and I went to the drama thing, and we played all the fun drama games, which is like, let's all be real. The best part about drama is the yeah. games like vegetable soup and shit. Um, and I was like, yo, this is lit. And then I was going to go to Laura Secord for high school. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on the podcast once or twice. And I was too lazy to fill out the transfer forms and didn't get them in on time. So they were like, well, you got to go to your home school for the first semester. And then if you want to transfer after that, you can transfer either at the end of the first semester or do your first full year and then transfer at the end of the year. Our doorbell just rang. Oh, lunch. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, cool, whatever, fine. And I went to collegiate and their drama program only started in grade 10, but for some wackadoo reason, which is literally my entire experience in high school, they let me take it in grade nine. So my very first class ever in high school in grade nine, when I knew nobody in the school was a grade 10 drama class. And I was That's like, crazy. I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> my heart is going to explode out of my chest. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, and then I went to the class and I saw there was a girl there named Daphne from the red carpet day that I recognized. And I was like, I recognize you from the red carpet day. And she was like, oh, I recognize you from the red carpet day. Like, you were one of the, like, more out there students. And I was like, cutting to you for dear life. <laughs> Uh, and then we played drama games for like a week and it was literally me and like a couple of grade 10s. And then for some weird reason, a bunch of grade 11 and 12s. So like a lot of older kids, <laughs> which was sort of weird. So they just sort of treated me like their little, their little baby. And Aww. I was like, okay, this is nice. And then like a week in, McAllister put up an audition thing for Piano Man. And I was like, oh, what's this? And she was like, oh, you should audition. You should just, you should just come out and audition for it. You should just do it. Uh, and then she owned my soul for the remaining four and a half years that I was in high school. Yes, she does. As she does. Yep. You don't realize you're signing a contract. And then you look back and you're like, huh. Interesting. I scratched my this <laughs> woman. Yep. Huh. Well, all right. Uh, so, yeah, the first year was Piano Man. So before I get into that, every year our school did the Sears Drama Festival, which mm -hmm. is, like I mentioned before, competitive drama. Basically all the schools, I'm pretty sure it's, is it Canada-wide? I'm so pretty sure Canada-wide. I'm pretty sure it, it is Canada-wide, like it's national. Yeah, um, so you start off in like your, your regular small group, so ours is just the local area, and then you move on to regionals, and then I assume it would be like nationals, whatever you never make past regionals well I did so well, after regionals it's sectionals, sectionals and then and then I don't know what comes after that yeah <laughs> I don't know about that um so every year McAllister would write a play McAllister is the drama teacher at collegiate she's been mentioned probably also more than once on the podcast before uh so she would write a show every year for Sears because it had very strict guidelines to what the show could and couldn't be and how long it needed to be and shit like that so it was hard to make a show fit that so she just wrote it and then it was still hard to make it fit and whatever and uh, let and me then, just say that like writing your own plays wasn't really normal like no, no one else really did it like there was the odd 
one, but, um, and to be fair, I don't know the entire, like, interior of it. Like, obviously, there's a bunch of stuff that she went to, a bunch of conversations that she had, stuff that she knows. From my perspective of it, she was very respected for writing her own shows, and she was recognized as one of the better writers. Like, our shows were always up there with the really well-known shows that, like, you know, the teacher just came and was like, okay, here's a show. Let's do it. And she was like, no, I want to write it. And, like, fucking A-plus shit, man. Oh, so good. Um, So we would always do the Sears show, and then we would also usually do another. Sears was in February, I believe, the, like, first show. So we did that as our, quote-unquote, first semester show. And then we would also do a second semester show, usually. Yeah. So uh, Piano Man... I was not in, but that moved on. So that was basically, um, oh gosh, it was a story of a mental patient. Wow, that's a really small chocolate milk. <laughs> they got you a baby <laughs> chocolate milk? Yeah, it's like one of those little milk to go things. Oh, shit. I just saw chocolate milk and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take a chocolate milk. And now I'm like, mm, oh well. Matzo uh, burger and a poutine. I did. Um, so, wow, trying to remember this plot from so long ago is actually really difficult. Well, and this is the one that I'm kind of most interested in, because I didn't see Piano Man. So, basically, what it was, and I don't remember a lot of, like, the internal story, was it was this kid in the hospital, it was, like, a mental mental institution, he was, like, in his teen years, um, and then there was other characters there who were like the toy soldier, Pippi Longstocking. Um, there's a couple other ones and basically they were his mental projections, kind of like what she did with fractured mind, but they were all toys to him. And like, it was the big toy soldier that like kept him safe and the Pippi Longstocking that like he played with and stuff. And there was a reporter that was basically trying to like figure out his story kind of thing. And I'm a little upset now thinking about it that I don't remember a lot of the deeper plot. And I think it's because like, A, it was my first show that I watched them do. I helped like kind of backstage sort of thing. Um, And like, I just don't remember the exact plot. And I'm probably going to have to message McAllister and be like, can I get like a copy of this script or something? (laughs) Because... I kind of want it. I'm pretty sure P. Oh no, it's uh, we all fell down. That's published. That's what it is. Yeah. So that year, the second semester play we did was a play called We All Fall Down that she wrote. She actually had wrote it a couple years beforehand, and she did it at. I want to say Governor Simcoe was a school she was at beforehand. Yeah. Uh, so she did it once there. So that's why we did it as our second semester show because it was one she had did already and she knew about it and stuff. Um. Oh man, there's stuff going on in the D and D chat. I just saw. Oh, sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked down and I was like, who? And I saw Sal and I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway. Uh, oh, no, I'm going to put my phone down. That's going to be so distracting. Yep. So, <laughs> Doing the same thing. Yep. Um, so that was basically about a bunch of street kids that actually lived in Toronto. It was based kind of locally, uh, which was sick as hell because it's the first show I was in I was just a little chorus kid but dude chorus work is so fucking hard and so underappreciated holy shit such an appreciation for it from the years I did in theater 
Uh, but we had like this big metal scaffolding set that like we had to build and like we got to climb all over it during the thing. Uh, so it was a bunch of Toronto street kids. We basically were given, uh, well, the main street kids were given housing by a guy named Sid, I want to say his name was. And basically in turn for the housing, they sold drugs to like other street kids and shit. That was the deal they had going on. Um, one of they found a kid that like ran away from home basically. And like, he kind of became friends with them. And then like, there was the female interest and all that shit going on. So he kind of got in with it. And then the girl that came with him, they're both kind of new to this place. And so they were like sort of selling drugs, but not really. And it was kind of on the DL. And then Sid came when the female character was alone and basically implied like, you need to have sex with these people. Also, these plays dealt with so many heavy topics and like I'm gonna get to this scene specifically because this is why chorus work is so intense um this scene happens where basically he's implying that she needs to become a prostitute in order to keep living here and she's like no and he literally slaps her around on stage like it's a really brutal scene her boyfriend was part of the like the crew and like he had to not come to those rehearsals because they were just too intense for him. And we're sitting in the background on scaffolding, like we're little sleeping street kids and we just have to ignore what's going on around us. I didn't do it in the show, but we did uh, like show pictures ahead of time and all the pictures of that scene, I'm in the background just like, like shocked, <laughs> like mouth covered, like, dead it's so fucking funny because you can oh my God. see me but once I found it I was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> it's like that for all of the pictures of that scene and it's so fucking funny it kills me yeah. and but that was like that was just the shit that she did um I so really basically wish, I really wish that I got to see we all fall down when you guys did it because I got to see it when they did it again <laughs> later on yeah and it was it was a good story but I just know that you guys would have killed it and they did change, like, some of the things for it. Like, well, actually, I can't even really remember a lot of it when I went to re-see it. I feel like I just, like, blocked it out. I was like, it wasn't the same. Fair. <laughs> the same. Um, so she freaks out, basically, and leaves and, like, won't tell the other guy why. And he's all, I want to be macho and sell drugs, blah, blah, blah. And he basically goes and takes a gun and gets in a fight and he gets accidentally shot. And it's this whole like really sad thing. That's another thing you have to deal with is being a sleeping street kid and having a gunshot. Oh no, we were reacting to that scene. That's yeah. what it was. But then having to act like you were just witness to a gunshot and like someone getting shot and like she's on the body like crying as he's dying. It's this whole fucking thing. Like everybody's in tears by the end, legitimately. Yeah. Nobody has to act at that point. We're all just sad. That's fair. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure the end of that is she ends up going home to her mother. Because, yeah. Why would yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. And that's... So that that's, was my first show. <laughs> McAllister's shows are always dark. And that is something that when... So when I started acting in them, my mom saw both the shows that I was in. And she was <laughs> like, you know, they're good but like so dark and so mm -hmm. sad and I was like yeah that's how I, McAllister be I feel like that's part of where the reputation comes from being such a good writer because like you can write a good comedy I was gonna say anyone can write a good comedy but no you can't but like she could totally write a good comedy she could write you know whatever but she chose to like 
dig in on those topics. And I feel like she low-key, like, did it for her students, kind of, to, like, help them deal with their shit, sort of. I don't know, yeah. maybe. I, don't know. I could see that. A little bit. But, yeah, uh, it was really good. So that was my first yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, Grade 10. Gorsh. I think that was Project D, which I didn't do. And Project D was the first show that I saw, because that was my grade nine year. Yes. So Project D, I forget a lot of this plot, too. But basically, it was almost Alice in Wonderland-esque, but, like, very dark Alice in Wonderland. Um, Yeah, wow. I don't remember a lot of the plot for this one. Project D, I don't remember a lot of, just because I feel like, like you said, it was Alice in Wonderland-esque. Like, at the end of Alice in Wonderland, I don't know what the hell just happened. Like, no, it, it was just some crazy fucking, like, wackadoo shit. What I will say is I thought they did the stage effects really well for a school show. <laughs> the stage effects and, like, the costumes. Like, we... I I did... Um, we All Fall Down, which basically my costume was just, like, wrecked clothing. So that was kind of no big deal. Um, I helped with like backstage stuff in Project D and then I know we did. Oh God, was that the first musical year? Oh, fuck me. It was. That's why. Yep. Yep. Okay. So then we did the musical, but it was at that point that I kind of started to realize like they make all their own sets, all their own props. Um, her dad is like a carpenter and stuff and her mom does a lot of like sewing and stuff. So like they helped with a lot of the costumes, like she puts so much of herself and her family into these shows her own time money some point here yeah be whatever yeah uh yeah so the costumes were crazy we literally had kids like in burlap sacks on stage and like I know it's been brought up more than once we like burlap is awful it makes a regular reappearance on that stage because we're just that committed to the bit (laughs) (laughs) um so project d happened And then second semester, this was when we decided, for some reason, and by we, I mean McAllister and Mr. Lay, who was the vocal teacher at the time, that it would be a great idea to have a theater production class and a vocal class at the same time and combine them to make a theater production class. Oh, boy. Uh, There was definitely some people that took that course because they thought it was just like a bird course and it was whatever. We wrote our own musical, so that was fun. It was called Our Fine Town. Basically, it was this crazy town that was, like, crazy colorful. Everyone was super-duper happy and whatever, and these four goths were on a road trip, and their van broke down, and so they're walking to try and find somewhere to fix their van, and they come across this Our Fine Town place, and they're like, what in the ever-living fuck is going on here? Like, (laughs) you people are crazy this is super weird. Like there's no way this place is this perfect. And obviously it's not. Um, This was also when Queen Mary joined the school. So there was a weird little bit we had with them where we did hard hard knock life, which (laughs) me and my friend Erica were in charge of. So I have this very strong memory in grade 10 of being in the vocals room, trying to organize these fucking grade seven and eight Queen Mary kids, which actually they were very nice. Like they were the least obnoxious, I feel like, of the Queen Mary kids that we could have gotten because they were actually, like, kids that wanted to pursue drama kind of deal. So well, they were like, nice. oh, we'll, like, link you up with the high school and, like, do a thing. So it was it was kind of nice. But it was super weird because I was like, I'm, I'm not qualified for this. 
<laughs> yeah, right? What the fuck? <laughs> so we did our little musical number with them. Um, I forget exactly what the secret of the town ended up being, but that's where the Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat thing comes back in because one of the goth guys falls in love with one of the girls from the town and she gifts him with this colorful coat. And so the song came back and Mr. Lay was like, yo, we're going to do this song. We need to memorize these colors. And I just looked at it and I was like, homie, I am <laughs> set. I already got these colors I down. already got these down. This is excellent. And literally we did it. And he was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I did it in grade two, literally singing this over and over and over and over and over for weeks. And I feel like I was young enough that it just like, just imprinted yep. on my brain. It was like, you just, it's knowledge you have now. And I'm like, great. That's why I remember all the Mary Poppins words. Yep. It's just that age where you remember shit. Yep. I can't even say properly. I know all the colors of Joseph's amazing Technicolor dream coat. Like that's hard for me to say, but yeah. I can say all the colors. Yep. So cool. But yeah. So that was the musical. That was interesting. Uh, uh, the musical was terrifying to watch. What <laughs> was it? <laughs> It was a train wreck, honestly. It like, really was. There was this whole, oh no, the Charlie song was the next musical. Yeah, it was weird. There was a whole lot of like bad colors and like the story wasn't super well thought out. We just kind of rolled with it. Like I don't even remember what the ending was. We wait, ended up was, singing, at the end, we ended up singing that song from Greece, the we go together. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, the ending was we just decided to be happy together. Oh, I think it was just we decided to stop discriminating against the Goths, and the Goths decided to stop discriminating against us. I don't know. Wait, wait, that wait. Kind of Am I mixing up my musicals? Am I thinking about I the think one where so. you were the dog? Yes, you are. I was just, like, a, a kid in the town in this one. Okay, so the trolley one is the one that was terrifying. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I never actually saw that other musical. That's interesting. That's totally fair. You probably bought the bio ticket and you were like, fuck that. <laughs> yep. hundred percent. Uh-huh. That's what <laughs> most of the school did. Yeah. Um, and then in grade 11, we did Molly Morgan, which, wow. Ooh. So the cast for Molly Morgan was six people. It was um, Liz, Jordy, Kaylee, Jessica, Oh, was it just the four of them? I'm pretty sure it was only four of them, yeah. Yeah, it totally was, because it's Molly, the sister, the mom, and the aunt. Yeah, okay. So this is the show that I'm most impressed by, because the cast was straight up four people. Um, Basically, the plot was you follow, and I can't remember the sister's name, and I feel so bad now. Oh, Bailey, Bailey. Yeah. So it follows um, this girl, Bailey, who was played by my best friend at the time, Liz. So... I was super into it. Um, and basically what happens is her sister dies in a bicycle accident and she like hallucinates that she's still there. And basically the story is just her, her mother and her aunt. Her aunt is a teacher at the school and it's basically just all of them dealing with the death of her sister and like how they all work through it. I don't really have an explanation for the plot other than that. It just gets really, really dark and crazy. And then it does end kind of nicely like on a somber note basically just Bailey accepting help from her mother and also her mother accepting that she needs fucking help because she's on some weird shit yeah um, that's basically the plot it's incredibly sad we had to have grief counselors there when we did the school show and like half the school stayed back because they were just in tears over like dead siblings dead like relatives all of this shit like 
it turned into a thing that we did I re- not expect. I remember seeing that play and I was like, for a few days after, just constantly thinking about like the impact it had. It was it was raw and it was beautiful. Like it was it was intense. And like that cast, because it was only four people. And so we had a four person cast and then we had, I think the six where I'm getting it from is we had a six person crew. Yeah. It was like me and jo- uh, me and Jordan, we had Brad or Brandon, whatever, as our um, like tech lighting guy. We might have had a little bit more than six, but our crew was bigger than our fucking cast. Yeah. And uh, Jordan ended up being on leave for some of it through school. So I was the only stage manager. Oh, yeah. By the way, I was the stage manager for this show, which is an incredibly intense and important job, especially when you're doing competitive theater. I was going to say, uh, this one went on for Sears, right? No, it <gasps> it would have. I'll get to uh, that. Okay. So um, we, like, having to rehearse that stuff over and over again and, like, fine-tune it and be like, this isn't how real people would react to this. Like, this is how we feel about it. And, like, everyone kind of got a say or at least all like the actors and stuff got a say in kind of what was changed and how it all worked the most impressive moment in my mind of this as the stage manager when Jordan came back she ended up being kind of the tech stage manager and I ended up being the backstage manager because there was a costume change in the show and in our school we have the stage and then we have two kind of little wing things that stick out from the front of the stage with stairs that go down And then there are doors that go behind the stage on stage left, which if you're not a theater person, the directions are when you're standing on the stage looking out at the audience. So on the left side, that doorway connects to backstage. On the right side, it does not because there's a handicap lift. So you have to go backstage, back into the hallway for the, there's like the music rooms and shit behind the actual auditorium. And then there's either a back door to come up behind the basking curtains in the back, which is stupid because then you're behind a bunch of curtains and everyone can see the curtain moving. Or you have to run all the way around to the other side door and then come back up whatever way you're doing. Liz had a costume change that was timed at, I want to say, 28 seconds. And she had to go from the stage right side down the stairs through the door around to the hallway in the back and then up the other side and had to have a full head to toe costume change. So literally for that, I met her at the door when she came in and handed her her clothes and she straight up just stripped running down the hallway. And I had like a sweater or something at the other end so that she could just grab it and put it on at the end. And so part of that costume change was me chasing my best friend running down the hall as she stripped clothes, just throwing them everywhere and then oh get back up and be like, okay and then just continuing I love that like some of the shit we had to do for like backstage was so fucking funny yeah um but yeah so we went on we went to Sears we did our show um a certain number of shows move on every year depending on how many shows enter and there was going to be three that moved on that year but on the last night which I think we were on the last night one of the schools dropped out which dropped it to two plays moving on and two other plays moved on and the thing that pissed us off was they told us they were like if that school hadn't have dropped out like you guys would have been the third show that moved on and we were like 
go fuck yourself. <laughs> like that doesn't make us feel better. That makes no. us feel shittier because we lost because someone else was lazy. What the fuck? Can you just yeah. say we moved on anyway? Like, come on, come on. Uh, so yeah, that sucked a lot. I can't believe that. Like, if you guys were talented enough to move on, you should have moved on. Yeah, I don't know. Some, And I don't get, like, where the numbers and stuff come from either. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. Was yeah. was there a second play for that year? Uh, was it the Trolley musical? Hmm. I think we did theater production that year. So, like, just our theater production shows. So, we did, like... um. Not Seven Stories, because that was the year that you were in it, right? I can't remember what other shows we did. But it was, like, one of those nights where we did, like, three or four, like, smaller shows. Right. That was kind of part of, like, the theater production group. So I don't remember those ones as well. Okay. I can't remember what I did. Oh. I think I'm... Oh! No! This was not another superhero. Yes! Oh, man. Or was that in grade 12? No, it no. was grade 11. It was grade 11. It was, that, it was grade 11 because that was my grade 10 year. Oh, I meant grade 10, Dane. Ah! Okay, that sound was inhuman. <laughs> oh, my boyfriend and his best friend at the time, which actually they're still friends, which I think is kind of cute. Um, he, they decided to basically write their own show. Uh, that's why I'm getting confused. It was for theater production. Like they had written it for theater production and then McAllister let them actually like put it on kind of deal. So I didn't like co-direct, but like I got an opinion and whatever. And so I was helping with auditions the one day and, oh man, this little, also, if you've ever seen, um, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, the show was basically that, like, as we were putting it together and stuff. And then I watched the movie because Chris was like, oh, this was like the inspiration for it. And we watched the movie and I was like, we're doing that story. That's not inspiration. That's whatever. But like, we're doing the yeah. same thing I did in grade eight, where we just kind of like rewrote it and rebranded it, and we were like, whatever. So that's kind of what we did for Spaceballs too. So, you will. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> um, so little Dane comes in with his little grade ten like floofy hair, and he's so small and cute, and he's like, I'm here to audition, and I'm like, Oh my god. Oh, and let me just tell you, he was so freaking nervous. And I remember he heard about the auditions coming up and he was like, I think I really want to audition for this play that's coming up. And I was like, do it. And he was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be good enough, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I was like, listen, Dane, I think you're good enough. Uh, if you're not good enough, what's the worst that can happen? You won't get in. Like, really, what is there to lose? Yeah. Like, just, just, just try. And he was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to try. And oh yeah. my God, the story that happens from this audition is crazy. Oh my God. And I'm pretty sure because he showed up with a script. So like, I don't know how, but he must have like gone to McAllister in advance to ask for one or something. He probably or, like, did. Yeah. So like he shows up with a script that's clearly been like rung over for the last like couple days or whatever. And he's like, oh, I just wanted to audition. And I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, would you mind like coming out to the hall and just like reading with me first so I can get over like my nerves and stuff and like see how it goes. And I was like, yeah, sure. I brought my friend Liz out with me. We go out into the hall and he reads for the policeman, which is a perfect role for him because it's just like this cutesy little, he's not really meant to be taken seriously and like he's this funny little guy. And so that was funny. And we went over that a couple times and then he's like, 
do you guys mind if I just like show you another like monologue thing that I have? And we were like, yeah, sure. Like, go for it. And this kid. Yeah, that was stupid. Uh, needs to kind of jump up to the window. Get off the table. Uh, this kid, teeny tiny little Dane, pulls out the scene from The Dark Knight, is it? Yeah. Uh, where the Joker is in the interrogation room and Batman comes in and fucking smashes his head against the desk and everything. And this kid pulls that out of his ass. Perfect voices, perfect Joker impression, perfect Batman impression. Starts throwing himself against walls and shit and, like, makes it believable that he's throwing himself around on walls like another person. And me and Liz are just like, yo, dude, what? <laughs> this is... And so he finishes and I'm like, that was great. That was incredible. One second. And I just got up and walked away. And I walked in to Chris and Spence. And I was like, yo, we need to lock this kid down. <laughs> we need to get him in. Like, we need him for something. And then he auditioned. And they were like, well, he's perfect anyway. So, like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then we did Not Another Superhero. And Dane was our cute little policeman. And I put a mascara mustache on him that was not made with... Um, or sorry, that was waterproof mascara. So he had a very hard time washing it off and ended up coming to work, uh, school the next day with like a smeared mascara mustache on his face and had to explain that to his friends. So that was cute. That was amazing. <laughs> yep. And uh, oh boy, did we embarrass the hell out of that kid from then on. That's oh, great. Oh yeah. Oh man. I specifically remember one time and like, so as I mentioned earlier, Liz was running down the hallway stripping. You get very comfortable changing clothing in front of, your drama friends, because you got to change costumes and shit sometimes. It's just a thing that happens. Uh, I will say, we tamed out over a while. The drama kids that I started with were like, they're asexual. <laughs> <laughs> they just were. So it was also like that level of it where it was like, whatever, that's fine. They're just bodies. Uh, so one time, I'm pretty sure I was changing into my costume for Not Another Superhero. And I had, like, a shirt on, and it was, like, a longer shirt, but I wasn't wearing any pants. And Dane walked up into the change room, and he walks in, and he's like, hey, I just need to, uh, oh, 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 my God. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he, like, <laughs> runs away down the stairs. And I'm like, Dane, I'm standing in the room with, like, three other people also. Like, there's other people in the room. It's not just me. We're just talking as we're changing. And Dane's like, holy shit, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, Dane, you don't. It's fine. He's so cute. That's cute. Oh my god. Uh so that was fun. Um so that was grade eleven and then grade twelve was twenty twenty one. Twenty one twelve. Twenty one twelve. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is the year <laughs> for this? Twenty one twelve. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I can kind of talk about twenty twenty if you want. <laughs> um yeah, oh my god. That'd be cool. 2112 was well how about we do you up until 2112 I mean I don't have anything well you saw the shows though right like what oh what got got you in well I mean kind of me but well okay so fair enough um like I said grade nine uh was project d for me so that was like the first show I saw and honestly um kind of scared me off a bit because it was kind of crazy like pretty weird yeah there was like nothing to really follow and I was just kind of you kind of left the theater like okay Mm -hmm. like 
sure. Um, like I said, there was stuff that I had an appreciation for after like knowing more about it, but just like seeing as an audience member, I was like, this was kind of weird. Um, so I didn't see the musical that year. Cause I was like, fuck that. And then grade 10, um, was when Dane got into another, not another superhero. So obviously we bought the bio tickets to go see him in the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Molly and Morgan you- happened that year. Oh yeah, Molly Morgan too. Fuck. Oh my god, that was a good year for plays. That was um, a good year. Yeah, Molly Morgan was intense, and that one, like, like I said, it really impacted me and really got me. And then we saw not not another superhero for Dane, and the show actually itself though was just super fun and silly, and it was just quite enjoyable the whole time. Actually, That's good. <laughs> yeah, like there was not a moment that I wasn't like amused by what was going on. Like it was, and like once I found out it was student written, I was like, what? Like, yeah, I, I was actually pretty impressed, but now it's kind of funny knowing they just like stole a movie, but a anyway. little bit. <laughs> we still have to like write our own jokes and shit, so like, yeah, whatever. yeah, it's fine. Um, and I mean, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but my biggest thing taking away from not another superhero, not another superhero, was the fact that you were dating Chris in real life, and that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I look pretty slamming in that suit. Dude, you looked so good. And literally, <laughs> this was before me and Megan were actually friends. Like, this was at the point where our mutual friend was like, yo, you guys should be friends because you'd get along. And we were like, uh, okay, but didn't yeah. do anything about it. It wasn't even friends. She was just like, you guys should add each other on Facebook. We were like, okay. And we did. Oh, and I kind of saw you vaguely on my Facebook for a while. True. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then I remember going to see that with my boyfriend. And, like, after that play, the cast was just kind of like, chilling outside the auditorium doors just like talking to everybody um and I remember kind of being off to the side because we were waiting for Dane like you guys were talking with Dane and I remember looking over seeing you kiss Chris and I slapped my boyfriend and I was like look and he was like what (laughs) and I was like they're actually a thing like in real life they're kissing and he was like so and I was like she could do so much better than him like what the fuck and like I didn't even know this bitch at that point and I was like nah this isn't happening you're right Uh, Yup. And you have, so that's fine. Um, and yeah, so I feel like what kind of got me interested in it was Dane being in it and seeing how much fun it was. And to be fair, he got in on a really good play. Like that was probably the perfect play for him to get into. Oh yeah. Um, and then for 2112, what got me into 2112 was really because we started being friends and you, Kenzie and Dane were in the show and the stage manager backed out and they needed another stage manager. So they were like, yo, can you help you us were out already with there for all the rehearsals? <laughs> Literally, I was already watching all the rehearsals anyway. And I was like, fuck, might as well make myself useful. Like, sure, why not? So I started out as stage manager um, with another stage manager. And we were kind of like going along. I, as stage manager, knew everybody's lines. So mm-hmm. that ended up being really good for me. Um, yep. <laughs> But a uh, big thing that was traumatizing for me as a stage manager was uh, the burlap. The burlap was super fucking traumatizing because the counter, uh, she's smart. So she reused the scaffolding you guys used and we all fall down for a uh-huh. 2112 set. And basically the 2112 premise was that it was like an apoc- apoc- uh, apocalyptic, apocalyptic era. <laughs> yeah. It was apocalyptic era, so, like, there wasn't really, like, it was basically just a bunch of kids trying to survive together, and it was super cute, um, but their, like, housing needed to look, like, run down and 
weird. So uh, her solution to that was for us to hot glue burlap on this metal scaffolding. Just wrap it on. So me and the other stage manager had to cut strips of burlap and wrap it around and hot glue it. And I literally found burlap in like my bra and like everything (laughs) for days after. It was traumatizing. Um, I still hold my hatred to burlap. It's the worst. But um, anyway, so uh, when that was going on, so yeah, you, Dane, and Kenzie were in it. Like a bunch, this cast was actually probably the biggest cast that I was a part of anyway. Like it was a pretty big cast. I think Um, it was the biggest cast. And that's mostly because a lot of the cast was chorus. Yeah, but I even thought like, even some of the people only had a few lines, but everybody at least had like a couple lines in it. Like everyone was pretty much participating all the time. And it was one of those things where like we would rehearse a scene like six times because like the first two times would be the main people in the scene. And the next four were all the chorus people after being like, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to be doing that. Like you can't just sit there and watch the scene. Like you need to be active in what you're doing. Like, yeah, it was was really cool experience to be a part of. It was, kind of wild for me because like I had that experience in grade nine but then like by that time I didn't really remember it and I'd been like in the theater for so long that like a lot of those things were just kind of second nature and like also in the background of being in all the shows I was taking drama as a class and like theater production and shit the whole time so like I was just like like calf no wait thigh deep I was like calf is not deep enough (laughs) thigh deep (laughs) in in the drama world in collegiate um so yeah watching that and also a lot of the course we had brought in for that was like some sports kids who were kind of interested like it was a lot of kids who like were showing interest and McAllister was just kind of like pew, 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 like yeah come here you yeah. Um, so yeah it was really interesting to watch those people have to be like okay I need even though I'm not talking I still need to be like what am I doing in this scene and like okay I'm a kid in the apocalypse what am I doing oh there was like a point in time where like me and Nagar were like arguing over the uh, the granola bars. We had a bin of granola bars and we, even though it literally didn't matter to what was going on, like there was a whole scene with Mike going on. I think it might've been Mike and Simone, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, I think it might've been that was going on. And McAllister was like, organize the bins or something. And we had a yeah. whole thing where we had written up an inventory list and the inventory list didn't match up with what was in the bin. So we were arguing over who let who go into the bin and didn't mark it down on the inventory and blah, blah, blah. And like, you have to have the whole thing silently, but you still have to do it. And it just made yeah. me laugh because we did that stupid argument like 700 times over and over and over. <laughs> yep. There was literally like, people don't really understand what goes into being a chorus like piece. It's because like when you're watching, you're mostly trying to focus on the main players. Right. But like, mm-hmm after being a chorus member, like you start to look at all the background stuff too. Like you start to see all the cogs work into place, right. For everything to go perfectly. Um, So anyway, so uh, it was just a really interesting play. And what ended up happening was there was um, Mike's character, which I don't even remember what his name was in the play. I know. know. And then there was, um, Simone those were like there was Mike Simone and like everyone had a pretty big part but like Mike Simone I think Dane's character and then and um Brynn and Sam Sam had, like, yeah the like, main... the, yeah they were like not even like the main characters just like the main plot point yeah of, like what yeah, happened yeah. so 
Um, so anyways, the girl that played Simone was again, like an athlete and basically ended up choosing basketball over the play. Like she wasn't showing up to rehearsals. She wasn't like participating and McAllister gave her lots of chances to do that. We got to, I think it was a week or two before we went for our show. It was two weeks. Yeah. Uh, the thing is like, so two weeks, we knew that basically she wasn't going to be there, but the week before we went, she was officially done so like I kind of got a little bit more time than like I think we like when we tell the story I'm pretty sure we say I had like four days but like it's because that's when she was officially let go you know what it was it was the cast photo day the cast photo day was two weeks before and McAllister was like if you don't show up to this like that's it you're cut and then we ended up putting you in the costume that day and being like all right bitch this is yours. We were like, what does this costume even look like on this person? Like, we don't know yet. God damn it. Yeah, it was insane. But yeah, so anyways, because I knew all the lines and Simone didn't have like, like I said, a ton of lines, but she had important lines. Mm -hmm. So it was like an easier role for me to just pick up. And I just so happened to kind of like, it was like a little innocent kid, which I basically was at that point. So it just kind of ended up working out. Um, So that was my first experience of actually being in a play was being like, yo, Morgan's going to take this role now. (laughs) Morgan's going to take this, like, largely important role to the plot and, like, (laughs) lol. Yeah. Um, And so the plot basically was, like, it was post-apocalyptic. There's some sort of sickness going around, but for whatever reason, the kids that had collected in, we were hiding in a subway. Ah, that's what it was. Yeah, for whatever reason, we were, like, immune to it. So there were still other people in the world, but we were hiding because we didn't want to be genetically experimented on, basically, because we had heard other kids were getting taken and whatever. Um, oh, no, it was kids under a certain age at the time. That's what it was when the sickness happened was for some reason, people under a certain age were immune to it. So people were basically hunting children, which is the back plot of this whole story, which like McAllister's telling us this. Because at this point, I'm in deep enough to like be in her personal circle, basically. And she's telling us all this backstory. We're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> damn it. People are hunting children. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, so, and Mike, who was like the leader of our gang, he got experimented on. And oh, it was yeah, rough. That's what it was, was he got out of a lab and then he started kind of collecting kids and trying to keep them safe and shit. And I know that like some important shit happened with Sam and stuff, but like, Basically, Sam came in. I didn't give a shit about her character, so now I don't remember anything about her. (laughs) Basically, Sam came in as, like, an outsider and was, they didn't really want to trust her at first, but she, like, came in before the gates were closed and they didn't want to send her out in the dark, so they let her stay for a night. And she ended up, like, she had good intentions, but she basically wanted to, they found out that they were working on, like, walkie-talkies to try and, like, like signal like other lives like somewhere else they could go and not just hide out in a subway um and I'm pretty sure she was basically like yo like you guys need to leave like this is something and Mike was not having any of it he was like we need to find like a place structurally first like we need to all be together and I'll be safe like and her character is Raina like she basically just would come at Mike all the time yeah and just like tear him apart for everything he did (laughs) yeah that's why I literally like just the character was like I want to fight you yeah um so then we get to the end of it and I'm pretty sure it was like we think we're being like honed in on kind of deal so we decide we need to lock doors but it turns out that Simone had left to go find people or didn't she hear something on the walkie-talkie or something something made her subway 
Yeah, it was basically to the point of like, I wish I remembered specifically why, but it was basically like, um, I heard that there was a way out, but nobody else wanted to go. And I kind of wanted to like be the hero basically. So I stole one of the walkie talkies so like I could still contact people, but I left or Simone left to go and like save everybody basically. And I'm pretty sure cause like Mike was constantly like, no, like you specifically need to stay safe. So Simone was like, I like, I need to do something though. Yeah. And so she leaves and everyone kind of freaks out. And we basically go into lockdown and lock all the subway doors. And then we realize that Simone is gone and we've locked her out. And we don't know what happens to her, basically. The implication is that she dies, but it's never really fully confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we did the shows at the school and they were fine. And there was like the odd error and whatever. And then we got to regionals or whatever the fuck at Welland we went to do like the actual competitive performance ah, and we're doing this last scene and everyone's like come on guys like you got to really turn on the tabs because like it's an emotional thing I'm pretty sure Mike is like trying to talk to the walkie-talkie to Simone so like it's this whole big emotional well, thing. and like what happened is so like we like it was funny because Dane was like one of the techie guys like Dane and Bryn were the ones like trying mm-hmm. to get the radios and stuff working so like Mike is freaking out about uh, Sam's character being like, fuck you. Like, I can't handle you anymore. You can leave if you don't like it here. And while this is happening, Dane's like, dude, there's only one walkie. Dude, dude, a walkie's gone. What's going on? So then yeah. once they realize the walkie's gone, Mike's like, shit. So he turns on the other walkie and me backstage, I had a mic and I'm like talking to him off stage through the walkie. And I'm basically saying shit like, I'm scared. It's cold. I need help. Please. Oh, find yeah, me. yeah, like, yeah. It's fucking emotional and rough. It's awful. <laughs> and then, yeah, while that's happening, we go out and lock the doors and come back. And, like, my character is basically a second hand to Mike's character. And while we're doing this whole scene, I'm sitting there after we get back from locking the doors. And someone, like, a character makes a comment about, like, locking her out. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just locked my best friend out of our subway in an apocalypse. What the fuck? So I just start like actually crying on stage. Cause I'm like, I'm sorry, bitch. Yup. And like, not just you, almost everybody started everybody. crying. That there was, was like, like <sighs> that shit was... pissed me off to no end. And like, so I knew this was in my grade 12 year. I knew I was coming back for another year already. So I was like, whatever, this isn't my last show. I don't need to be pissed off about whatever's happening. But that show at Sears kicked fucking ass kick ass man like you said the the shows at the school I was like yeah like they were they were fine like they were whatever but that show at Sears like there was some kind of adrenaline magic going on like it was just on another level because like anytime that I've done a Sears show and like I've seen the school shows and then the Sears shows the Sears shows are always just that extra like and I feel like it's because it's a whole day event like yeah you're you're building up to that shit all day long and then you finally get to do it so like I feel like it's a different kind of rush oh for sure it's honestly it was so much fun to do that it was wild I I wish I could move on (laughs) yeah I mean and I kind of saw that coming but what I will say which was actually hilarious Bryn was so funny um, about this so 
Um, what would happen is with Sears, like before anyone made a final decision, there would be an adjudicator, which is like the judge. They would sit oh, in the God, audience. Yes. <laughs> they would they would be the one to sit in the audience. They would sit in a different spot every night. So like you couldn't pick out who they were until the end of the festival, whatever. Um, but they would come visit your school and be like, so I had questions and like McAllister prepped us. Like they're probably gonna ask questions like about your character, like their motivations, like just answer to the best of your ability. If you have any questions before she comes, let me know and we can talk about it, whatever. So the adjudicator comes and like she basically just didn't understand like the main plot for the play, which was kind of frustrating because we were yeah. like, it's pretty it's not that hard to follow. No, it's not a hard. It's an apocalypse and the kids are being tested on and they want a way out. Like it's not hard to like, follow. Like the plot in general is like a pretty basic apocalypse plot. We just yeah get up a little bit. <laughs> Literally. And then the other thing that was really funny was like, she said that half of us weren't really projecting that well and that we were hard to hear. And then it came out that she was deaf in one ear. And she was deaf in her left ear and she was sitting to the right of the auditorium. So like her deaf ear was to the the stage side. So she was like bitching at us for not projecting. And we're like, you're fucking half deaf. What the hell? Yeah. Like you're not projecting bitch. Like, yeah. So like, obviously I'm pretty sure 2112 just didn't make it because it was 2112, but we were like, fuck that adjudicator. Yeah, that's bullshit. I remember that bitch. (laughs) But it was cool going back for the awards because there was like a theme on every awards night. And that theme was like zombies, I guess. Oh my God. I don't know. Okay, should we, like, explain Sears Festival also? Probably, yeah. Okay, so Sears Festival, it's a drama competition. There's different regions that do it. You move on to bigger shit. You go to nationals eventually. They name the best school in the country or whatever. So it's sponsored by Sears also. That's why it's called Sears Drama Festival. Um, So basically what it is is every school enters a show. It has to be under 50 minutes. You have, there are very strict rules as to like how long you have to set up your set once you're on the stage, how long you have to take it down once your show is done. It needs to fit in a very specific 10 by 10 box backstage that is taped off. It can be as tall as you want, but it can't stick out at all on any sides. Um, Strike, man. Yeah, literally, I'm like going through it in my brain now and I'm like, this is just my stage manager spiel. Yeah. you so you rehearse for like however long the, sh- the things in February so usually we cast it in September start rehearsing in October kind of deal um we do school shows first the week before Sears and then basically Sears is like a week-long thing there's like anywhere between two to three to four schools a night the Monday through Thursday and then the Friday night they have an award ceremony and a banquet and shit which is super super dope um so they give you like a random day and a random time assignment and you can go see the shows throughout the week. You need to pay for them, which is kind of lame, but it's kind of cool to see your competition and see whose ass you kicked and who kicked your ass and whatever. Yeah. Um, but when you start, you go there like early, early in the morning, like seven or eight or some shit. But before you do that, you need to go to your school and fucking ugh, carry your whole stupid fucking set outside, which like, We've had giant jack-in-the-boxes. We've had scaffolding. We've had playgrounds, full motherfucking playgrounds yeah. to move. Like, we every year needed a U-Haul truck. Sometimes our shit almost didn't fit in the U-Haul truck. Like, wild shit, man. And we fit it in that 10 by 10 box. Every fucking year. Yeah. No, that was my no favorite. questions. <laughs> my favorite part about Sears prep was the the setup and strike Jenga of just like us rehearsing setup and strike to figure out how 
what order everything needs to come apart in and who's on what bit. And like, I don't know why, but that was like the most successful feeling of my life to be able to like smoothly coordinate a setup and strike because damn. And we had to, they were super specific. Like we couldn't leave tape on the stage. Like everything that you brought on, you had to take off. Yep. So like if you had, there's still like set pieces being removed. If like some people are done moving their set pieces, they're going down, taking tape off and like everyone's in charge of a different tape color. And then you got a tape sweeper after to like go through and make sure there's none left. And like, wow, it is a whole fucking thing. You have I think it's 10 minutes to set up and five minutes to strike, which is way less time to strike, which is way less time to strike. And like I said, we have like playgrounds and shit. We had scaffolding. We needed to build scaffolding and make it structurally sound for us to climb on and swing on and put like four kids minimum on it in five to 10 minutes. And then we had, or sorry, in 10 minutes, then we had to take it down and fit it in a 10 by 10 box in five minutes. Yeah, the 2112 specifically set up and strike amazed me. And so I was like, good. Like, yeah, fuck. I, as much as, like, Mike drove me nuts, and I think it's just because he has that strong personality, and, like, I say this all the time, he drove me nuts in rehearsal, but he killed it at shows, and that's just the kind of person he is. There's people who can fuck off during rehearsal and do great at shows. I'm not that person. Yeah. I need to fucking rehearse. So, but during setup and strike, First of all, he was very helpful because he's very large and strong, but he was also very like communicative and like helping people move shit. And like, ah, it was just beautiful. It was great. It's like art, poetry in motion, man. Yeah. But anyways, (laughs) so you have the day, you go there, you have like your rehearsal time, you get to practice your setup and strike and figure out your lighting bullshit, which is a whole thing because you haven't had the chance to go to that lighting board yet. Uh, so you need to figure out your fucking lighting cues in, yeah. I think you got, I want to say two hours of rehearsal time. I think so. Yeah. I think each school got two. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause if it's a, cause you basically had, you had one hour. Day, that's a long day. Yeah. So. And like you, you had um, two hours. Cause like you basically had an hour to figure out all your technical shit and then you could do a run through. Yeah. Basically basically. What it was. And so, Oh, the time frame thing. We were always like 49 minutes and like, 50 seconds like we were always right under the fucking time limit dude okay and always our school shows ran like 506 or like 5102 and we're like god fucking damn it we just need to just a little bit faster but always the like that little bit of extra adrenaline from Sears just pushed us talking just fast enough to get us over well oh my god <sighs> I just I was- remember McAllister adding a scene on for 2112 the day of and that was like and we were like we're already over like what are you doing that was before like from before I was stage manager it was Uh like a little scene with Shandrita um uh I don't know Shandrita's crew basically um and it was like it wasn't a long scene but it was a cute scene but like they're doing it and I'm legitimately watching them so like I've never had the scene before wasn't it the the it clown thing no 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 that was broken Oh, oh my fucking God. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> we'll that, that they basically jump off the stage and they're like going scavenging, but they also like are going to play football or something. It's just oh, like a cute, yeah, like, let's yeah. go play. And it's, it's cute. It's just to make the show feel more real, which yeah. like McAllister was all about. She was all about using the background and the characters and everything to just make the show come to life in any way that she could. Yeah. Um, 
so also once you get there in the morning, uh, your teacher can't do shit. They can't coordinate anything. They can't tell you to do anything. Your stage managers are in charge and being judged. Also, yeah, from the second you walk in the school, you're being judged. There's like an award for, oh shit. It's just like the friendliest school, basically. So like schools will buy the other schools gift baskets and shit. And I'm like, I'm not competing for that. That's fine. You can be nice. It's chill. Um, But yeah, you're being judged from the second you walk in. Your stage managers are in charge. So when we went for Molly Morgan, I was like the boss that whole day. God bless that I was only the boss of four cast members. True. But we had a lot of like props and all this shit. And like, because we were such a small crew, we all had to do so much. Yeah wild um so yeah you you do your prep and shit and then you basically have your break for dinner you come back you've got um a, I think it's a, an hour call time a little under an hour but basically there's only two dressing rooms so the first <laughs> show gets their dressing room they start getting ready once they're about to start the second people get their dressing room and then while the first play is going the third people go up to the dressing room and yeah. the first people leave and then the second people come down and then they do their shit. And uh, it's honestly, the organizers of Sears are fucking bonkers. Yeah. It's and wild. It's a wild week. And even the weeks, like the days that you're not in shows, if you're like going to see it, like it's stressful to go watch the shows. Cause you're there. If there's three shows, you're there for at least like four or five hours because yeah. each show is 50 minutes and then they do, 15 minutes in between of setup and strike. So you're there for like four hours and you're there judging competition and you still need to be nice because if anyone recognizes you and what school you're at, they're going to judge you for it. Yeah. Um, and then the Friday happens yep. and it is the best thing ever. So yeah. they do like a theme every year. It's not like a com- an all encompassing theme. It's every school picks their theme. So oh, okay. We, we did Molly Morgan. We did gangsters and flapper girls. That dress that Chance wore a few years ago for Halloween yeah. was the dress that McAllister gave me to wear for this banquet. That's because awesome. Because it's like a 20s themed like thing. So yeah, we got all dappered to shit. It was actually kind of awesome. Best theme IMO is when you can just get dressed to the nines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you dress up. Every school comes. You have like a big group dinner together with like all the schools. And then you go into the auditorium. There's like this whole big award ceremony. Everyone ends up singing at some point. I don't know why, but it happens every year. We're drama kids. We're crazy. And we're all just high as fuck off the energy of the week. And then they're just like, okay, now go dance or whatever. And then people dance in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super fun. It's amazing. Uh, As a note, did win the stage manager award when we did molly morgan which is pretty flat yeah Yeah. so that was kind of nice Mm -hmm. uh so we did twenty one twelve, and then uh so uh, that year i was gonna say i don't remember another play for that year that was the musical oh god that was awful Yeah. yeah i still have another show to talk about oh boy so the musical so this was not our fine town what the fuck did we call it this is oh this is not a test that's what it was. We were really feeling post-apocalyptic this year. I don't know what <laughs> what it was about. Oh, it was because it was 2012. Oh, my God. True. I don't know if we did that on purpose or what, but whatever. Oh, that's um, so funny. That's actually hilarious. So we did the musical theater 
production course again for whatever reason because it went so well the first time Uh and we once again wrote our own show and this one was basically following three different families that were trapped in bunkers in the apocalypse and it was like a rich hoity-toity family a weird like hillbilly family and then like your your 60s nuclear family so we had like all so many family members and a dog (laughs) and I remember like we did the auditions and it was a musical and I was like you know what this year I'm gonna try for like a solo or whatever I'm gonna fucking do it and the song respect was on the list and I was like cool so I did it for my audition and I was like sweet and then we're waiting for the cast list and we're sitting in the auditorium and someone made some joke about crisping the dog or something and McAllister just kind of like laughed and I was like that was shady (laughs) they literally just put the cast list up on the projector in the auditorium and I just see like I don't even remember I think my name was like Sparky or something and it was like Megan and I was like I'm the fucking dog are you kidding me and Mr. Lay just looks at me and he's like the dog has a duet and I'm like as a dog the fuck oh my god so, yeah, I got to play a dog. It was great. I spent all of my rehearsals in basically nothing but tank top, uh, like, spank shorts and knee pads because I had to crawl around on my hands and knees for, like, 90% of the play. Yeah, so that was cool. And then all... I got to wear our mascot uniform as my costume. And I was going to say, I remember you saying it smelled disgusting. It was so bad, and it was so, so hot. Yeah. So hot. Oh, my God. Even with, like, basically nothing on underneath it. I was sweating. There's yep. a stupid play opens with the trolley song, which is what you're thinking of. And we did this whole fucking energetic, stupid dance. I don't know why oh. I'm dancing. No one can see me, but hopefully they can hear my obnoxious energy. It was a very good <laughs> song. Um whole big musical number and then again we my family exited on stage right which if you've been listening we don't have an entrance to backstage from there so we had to go around to the back and then we went in the back door by the curtains because we had to enter from stage right because that's where our family's thing was so we had to run around get behind the curtain and then slowly make our way across so as to not disturb the curtain to our other side but we had an incredibly short amount of time to do so and then in like a two second blackout, we had to race out and get onto our set. And our setup for it happened to be me lying on the couch with my head on my dear boy's lap. And I'm just sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're on stage right. And then there was a family in the middle and a family on stage left. And it just so happened that we went from left to center to right to start introducing the families. So I just lied there for like five minutes, like, (sighs) (sighs) oh my God, sweating with the fucking lights on us. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think the worst part of that musical, honestly, for me, wasn't even the trolley song. It was the fucking ending with Marwick. Marwick and Brandon. What did they sing? No, it it wasn't the song. It was the fact that basically they fell in love and it was incestuous. Oh, yeah, that was our fault. (laughs) 
like my group, it was like me, Jordan, and like I honestly can't remember who else. Someone made a joke about like, haha, what if we did like a Luke and Leia thing? And we like turned to Mr. Leia and we were like, yo, do we want a Luke and Leia this shit? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. Basically, uh, what happened. So we were uh, like, ah. And Mar was, was like, yay, I got the lead. But like, uh. <laughs> yeah, that was the most traumatizing part for me. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> oh. oh, man. And then the last two shows, those are doozies. Um, yeah. So our first Sears competition one was Broken. Um, and that was about a girl with, uh, multiple personality disorder. Um, and basically she, with her personalities, witnesses a murder, but doesn't realize that she does because it was one of her other personalities that were like in, that was like in, so she was in the back and he was in front. Um, so basically she's being kept in this like psychiatric ward because they want more information about this murder, but it just, it, she can't give any information, but it basically ends up coming out once like through therapy, what happened. There's a bunch of flashbacks to this girl's tragic life, honestly. It's um, so bad. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's good, but like, damn. And I think it just like the whole premise, I think was basically just to, what goes to show when uh, mental illnesses go undiagnosed um what can happen and the shitty things that can happen um and also anti-bullying because that's a big Mm -hmm. thing this girl's really bullied um so that was fun (laughs) um it was honestly like out of that one in 2112 and then the other show we're going to talk about it was my favorite just because of the messages behind it the script was brilliant the script Um, was so well done yeah and like again this is another like really strong chorus piece yeah, like, all I'm thinking of in my head is like Samara, and I'm like, yeah. ah. It was kind of cool because like the set that they had they had made for it was like it kind of looked like 2112 set with like the thing on the top and the things coming out from the sides. But what was different was they had doorways for each of us, like the bullies, to come through. So like when we we're like the part of the course, there was four of us. There was four bullies, but we also echoed like the negative talk in her head. So the set was supposed to basically represent her brain, um, which I think as an audience member was probably hard to figure out, but I thought it was fucking brilliant. Um, so like there was a lot of times where like, uh, like all of the personalities she had, um, oh my God. So she had uh, Dane, Bryn, Tanisha. Was there someone else? Uh, there was... Um... Dane, Bryn, Tanisha. Wasn't there like an argue? Chance! Oh my fucking god! (laughs) Like, there was an argue guy. There's always a fucking argue guy. It was literally Chance. (laughs) I wanted to say Mike, but I was like, no, Mike graduated. Yeah, because she had to find a new argue guy. Yeah, let's not tell Chance that just happened. Uh... (laughs) And then you guys also had Lux originally, but then that was cut. Yeah, so I actually auditioned for Lux, um, who was, like, who ends up being the one that witnesses the murder, and she's all, like, anxious and whatever. Um, but Dane basically ended up being her character, which I thought was a good which fit. Is so perfect. Yeah, she actually, it was funny, McAllister was like, listen, I thought you would have been really good as Lux, but this little grade nine girl who's, like, three foot nothing auditioned. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. 
She's like the cutest little thing, and I can't not cast her as Lux because she'll get all the sympathy. But I, I wrote another character for you. We're all good. <laughs> I was like, okay. oh my god. I remember this whole situation because like the cast list was a really big thing that year because people were really intense about it. And I remember her like cornering us aside and being like, I wanted to talk to you guys before I posted the cast list because I wanted to explain why I made the choices I did. And I was like, McAllister, like, you, I thank you, but you don't have to. Like, I trust your judgment, but like, yeah. okay, yeah, cool. Please tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I think she was just like, she knew how badly we wanted the roles we were auditioning for. Um, and I think, I think the reason why she took us aside and explained it was because she saw us in those roles. Just, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Like when you audition, right? And um, she also like the roles she ended up giving us. I don't know if she intended for them to be that like important from the get go, or if maybe like, I think also when people were reading the script, they were just seeing like, oh, chorus character, bah. So yeah. I feel like she thought that people didn't think they were as important as they were. So she had to like fight for them, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, um, cool with this. Yeah, no, it was honestly great. So, and it was interesting because I got to play a bully, which like my parents were like, what the fuck? Like you can be mean when you want to. And I was like, yeah, bitch, like mm -hmm. don't, don't cross me. But like, it was kind of cool to play something that like I normally wouldn't have played. Yeah, and, like, I remember, so I didn't actually play in this play because I went and got myself kicked out of school because I was in 12B and, you know, life. Um, but before <laughs> that happened, there, I remember rehearsing that scene with Dane where we basically need to beat the shit out of him and tell him that he sucks and he's worthless and that I hope he dies and, like, this horrible shit. And we go to rehearse it, and I just remember, like, it was those rehearsals where, like, you still have the script in hand. And, like, we're kind of, like, standing back because it's whatever. And, like, the scene's happening. And, like, we're reading ahead. And we're, like, okay, we're getting into the scene. And I just remember, like, looking at Morgan from across the stage, like, oh, no. Oh, no. None, neither of us clued into this. And this no. is about to be so bad. Oh, yeah. God. I'd have, like, hugging sessions with Dane after. I was going to say, after every, when we were done, McAllister was like, okay, now hug it out. Okay, now hug it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that was, this play was actually really heavy. So, like, ev pretty much after every rehearsal, we used to have, like, a dance it out session and, like, just Aww. to, like, get our spirits up. It was actually so sweet. It's um, yeah. So, uh, that play was honestly really fun for me because, like I said, I got to play a character that wasn't normally me and the chorus work was unbelievable. So good. Um, like, we got to double as, like, our own characters outside of the brain. But in the brain, we basically just got to be, like, you're a piece of shit. You're, like, <laughs> you know, like, we basically were, like, her negative self-talk. And we had to choreograph it. And it was intense and amazing. Um, and we got to, like, interact with the other personalities, which was fun. Like, the personalities mm -hmm. were also in her head. And, like, Portia and Drita, who played Samara, the girl with, um, who, with, multiple personality disorder she was like all this was happening in her brain and like what was really cool about this was the way that they portrayed it on stage was like Shandria would be here and the personality that she was playing would be here and they would be like mirroring, mirroring. each other it was so cool so like when they when they rehearsed they would face each other and practice how they would go but then at a certain point they would face out to the audience and they would be just doing the same things and all of us were like this is fucking so mind-blowing it was yeah. such a good show to see. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was awesome. And, yeah, anyway, so basically the murder ends up coming out and you realize that um, that they murdered her best friend, the bullies. Um, so they ended up getting put away or whatever happened. It doesn't matter. But Samara, the most important thing is Samara ends up getting the help that she needs and medication and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> 
it's all good at the end, but like it's super intense. Yeah. Um, but that one went on. So we did that one for Sears. Um, and we kind of had a minor fuck up at Sears. Um, one of the chorus people completely forgot the line and said it double and that sucked, but whatever. We still went on, which was awesome. Um, and then we went on to the next stage uh, in Hamilton. And uh, we had an even bigger fuck up there. So oh, my God. we did not go on. That there was pretty much the biggest fuck up was the worst because it was at the pivotal scene where like all the mean girls are out. Dane and Samara are in the front and they're basically recounting what happened. Samara is learning for the first time how her best friend has died. And all the bullies are like, we're standing here. There's standing in a line. Back. Yep. And the way that McAllister had us do it was like, the bullies weren't like acting it out. We were just standing there and like doing our lines as needed through Dane, like telling the story. And like, so there's a rhythm to it. Like Dane talks, we talk, Dane talks again, Samara talks. Like there was a definite rhythm to it. And it kind of gets the adrenaline pumping. So you're about to find out what happens at the murder. And then uh, one of the, bullies completely blanked on their line and it was kind of hard to recover from it because there was all this tension building and you just felt it like it was just Mm -hmm. it was gone and then we tried to fix it and I feel like we didn't and it just was definitely the reason we didn't go on I uh I remember that one because like that was the first one that I wasn't in and like it was the first one that had moved on in a long time so I was like I need I'm pretty sure I came and saw you guys oh no I don't think I saw you guys in Welland I saw the school shows and then right. I couldn't go to Welland for whatever reason. But then you guys moved on. And I was like, okay, I need to go see them in Hamilton, though. Like, yeah, you came to see us in Hamilton. Yeah. So I remember I was, met, like, friends with Slowbo at the time. And I was like, yo, do you want to talk to Hamilton randomly on, like, a Thursday? And he was like, what? Why? And I was like, well, like, Morgan's in a show and stuff. And Dane's in it. And, like, Connor will be there and stuff. And he was like, you know, okay, sure. So <laughs> Justin picked me up in his truck one day. And we fucking drove to Hamilton literally got there like 10 minutes before your show started because I think oh you guys had a middle show and like one of us was working or something happened and like we you guys happened to be the second show and we just got there as the first one was finishing and we were like oh my god and Connor I was remember like, oh, you guys weren't gonna make it like I remember thinking like I was texting Connor before like are they there yet and he was like no but like they'll be here don't worry and he told me after he's like yeah I didn't think that they would make it but they did yeah. so <laughs> just in time literally Connor was like just in the lobby about to go back and we were like wait and so we went in and I was like watching the show and I was sitting between Connor and Justin and like I knew all the lines still there was like some things that had changed but I'd gone back and like seen rehearsals in the show so I knew most of the lines and like I'm watching it and it's like doing that build up and I'm like oh man oh man oh man and then the line just drops and I remember just like slapping both of their legs and Connor knew what was wrong but Justin did not and he was like what the fuck and we, me and Connor were like no like yeah. no 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 they didn't it didn't yeah. just happen and then it it felt like that silence stretch for so long and I'm sure it felt much longer for you oh my Damn. god oh my Damn. god it was fucking rough dude and like especially like I said for me like I I'm the person that knows everybody's lines so for me like I'm just running the lines in my head and for her not to know them I was like what is happening right now why why do you not know everyone's lines literally um but anyway so that was rough because there was only like five minutes left in the play so it was like really that was the big ending and it just kind of crushed it yeah 
But like I said, the play itself was <laughs> super fun. And, but that's what I missed too about. It wasn't just doing the play. It was like competitively doing the play. It yeah. was really, really that fun. competition rush was something else. I don't think I would have been as invested if we didn't do Sears. I think that's true too. Because as I saw Piano Man first, and for Piano Man, they went on. So they got to travel. I forget where they went. I think they just went to like Buffalo. No, it wasn't Buffalo. It wouldn't have been the States. It was like, maybe it was like Sault Ste. Marie or something. I can't remember. But they went on to regionals, and it wasn't in Hamilton that year. It was in somewhere cooler. So they traveled to wherever it was. And like, so I saw that, and I was like, dude, you can do drama competitively and like travel and do this cool shit. What the fuck? And McAllister was like, yeah, come on. (laughs) Let's go. Hamilton was, Hamilton was pretty cool though because the girls got like a suite in a hotel and that was pretty shiny. Hamilton, I'm like, fuck. I'm so yeah. mad. And I'm I was like, so of mad. course they want to get kicked out. Yeah, Damn. I was super mad about that. Yeah. And then you guys did space balls. <laughs> I was gonna say the last show, I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, but I can get the premise out pretty quickly. So space balls. This is space balls, the musical, don't you know? <laughs> That is what we did for our last play, grade 12. Uh, Well, my last play in grade 12 was Spaceballs the Musical. And what we did basically, so this was our theater production class, but we didn't write our own shit. Like they, I, what I think honestly happened, I was thinking about this earlier. This was Toby's last year. So I think he just really wanted to do Spaceballs the Musical. McAllister was like, yeah, I'll give this to you. Let's go. So like, Literally, he was like, tits to the wind. Let's go. Like, yeah. I want to do something stupid, and I want to do something real stupid. <laughs> yeah, and McAllister's like, fuck yeah, let's go. So Toby wrote all of the music for it, um, and McAllister rewrote the script so it worked as a play. Uh, she rewrote a character for me again, which was hilarious. Oh, God. Um, so yeah, we basically just did the movie, but as a play, and it was a train wreck the entire fucking time. Oh my god, but it's one of those shows that's like, it's good because it's a fucking train wreck, and well, it knows it's a train wreck. Well, and like, what I wanted to say mostly, like you said, like, sometimes people piss you off in rehearsal, and it just, like, tensions run high and whatever. That kind of happened in Broken, like, Bryn would always goof off, and we'd get pissed, and one time he ended up, like, slamming the door and broke the door and had to pay for it. Oh, yeah. It was a bunch of bullshit like shit happens in rehearsal I get it but like so we used to have weekend rehearsals which was so much fun all in and all I love rehearsals you'd literally go to there on a Saturday you'd go there for eight o'clock they'd provide lunch and you just rehearse from like eight to four like all day you'd be rehearsing and it was super fun it's all empty and awesome so for the Spaceballs weekend rehearsal um Basically, everyone was just doing what they normally do, which is nothing, and goofing off. and fucking off. (laughs) Yeah, being awful. So we had, like, the core people in the play, like, our core, I mean, like, so, like, me, Dane, George, um, I mean, I guess. Sorry? Uh, I was going to say Chance, maybe, but Chance totally might have been a fuck off. Well, no, not at that point, because he had done uh broken oh yeah no I was gonna say Chance was good and um like Marwick was good there was like like six or seven of us that were like always like good Mm -hmm. and then everyone else was just like I don't know my lines or like would just talk through everybody else's scenes and it was getting annoying George fucking flipped on McAllister and Toby basically saying that they weren't leading the rehearsal properly that they fucking sucked this is fucking bullshit like actually I remember being told about that Bro, it was awful, and he was super disrespectful because it wasn't their fault that everyone else sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And basically, like, they pulled him aside after and they had a talk. And George was like, listen, I didn't mean for it to come out that way. I'm not really mad at you. I just, like, I'm, like, she's like, I just really love Spaceballs and want this to be good. And nobody else seems to give a fuck, basically. Mm -hmm. That was Um, George and Jane's whole thing. They were, like, championing that fucking musical. Oh, my God. Yeah, because George and Dame would always quote Spaceballs to each other all the time before we did this. So this was, like, a dream come true for them. And, uh, like, the fact that they got the roles that they got, like... Yeah, the, the roles that they always would quote back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, after that freakout, people actually kind of smartened up a little bit. Um, he actually yelled at one of the other actresses, like, because he's freaked out. And the one girl was like, why don't you calm down? And he was like, why don't you learn your lines? <laughs> I remember being told that, and I was like, classic. Yeah, it was so good. Um, But, so anyway, that's the thing. Like, with rehearsals, I was fucking terrified that nobody was going to know their lines and everything was going to go horribly. But the funny thing about that play, like you said, was, like, it was meant to almost be a train wreck. And when shit went wrong, it almost made it funnier. Like, the one night, there was one guy who had one swear word in the entire play. Oh, my God. And apparently that night, everybody decided to just swear all the time. And it was like, there were kids in the audience. Like, there, there was a reason they took out the swearing. So, the, like, McAllister didn't give a shit that night, which was very nice of her. Yeah. But, so that was, like, the Thursday or the Friday show. So the next night, like, we're all warming up. And she's like, so, you know, good luck and everything. Uh, by the way, one person, Hassan, has a swearing line. One. If anyone else swears... You're done the rest of the night. I don't care. I don't care if it's George. I don't care if it's Dane. You're done. No swearing. There are kids in the audience, guys. What the fuck are you thinking? And everyone was like, shit. She was like, right? She was like, so we're good? Okay, have a, have a good show. See you later. <laughs> You're like, okay. Oh my um, God. But yeah, so that was funny. I played, um, because there was a man dog in the actual movie um yes a mog and so uh McAllister wrote me in as a woman cat which was a wet um which was super fun to play but what was really cool about that was there was a lot of scenes that I don't even know how we made happen but like (laughs) there was like specifically the Winnebago scene where like we had to look at it's like oh it's the space vacuum (laughs) and whatever it just everybody fucking blanked on their lines and me and Shandrita are crying in the Winnebago (laughs) that was so fucking funny oh my god it was so we're on stage right and like doing this whole imagination scene so like once that's done we like pick up the Winnebago because it's just like cardboard we pick up the Winnebago and like shuffle across to stage left to exit and then it goes into like a dark helmet scene I think so, like Megan was explaining earlier, the doors on the wings to stage left go to backstage, but the problem is our next entrance was stage right. So they had us exit stage left, and we had to get back to stage right. So basically what we did, we ditched the Winnebago at stage right, we had two minutes to get there, not even. We had to book it all the way around, like, through the back, through the music hallway, and just sit in that little little section. There's, like, a rectangle, like maybe 10 by 10, there was 10 of us in this rectangle waiting oh my God. stage right again. And it was like, oh my God. I love it. Yeah. It was like, Good. that's honestly the best part of plays, honestly, is like having those like weird, like things that happen and bonding with each other over it. It's just the best. Oh man. I remember I got roped into doing tech for some fucking reason for that I show. I was hoping you tell me the story. 
yeah. like <laughs> for whatever reason because I just hung out at the school all the time because like all my friends are still there and the shows make me laugh and whatever so I'd just be hanging out in the auditorium and for some reason I got roped into doing sound and shit with them which is stupid because I've never <laughs> done it before like in all my years of drama I never did tech no. so <laughs> that's what I ended up doing and like wow I always thought that, like, they were, they got their shit together back there. And to be fair, it might have been because it was, like, a Mr. Lay and Megan team and were kind of garbage. But shit got done. Shit happened when it was supposed to. For some reason, they decided Except for to that involve, one scene. For some reason, they decided to involve a projector in this whole complicated mix. And that yeah. required us, whenever the projector came on, to, like, unplug one thing. I think it was the laptop. And then we had to plug in the projector so the projector worked. And then once whatever was done on the projector was done, we had to unplug the projector and plug the laptop back in. Oh, my God. And I just remember, like, we're sitting there, shit's going fine, whatever. And I just happened to look over at Mr. Lay's script next to me. And the whole page that we've recently turned to is, like, bordered, outlined, like, hey, pay attention to me. And on the side, it's, like, make sure you plug the projector in now. And I just look <laughs> and I'm, like... Mr. Lay, <laughs> the butt. Uh, so we ended up getting that plugged in like j just in time. I can't remember what we fucked up. I think it was the alarm. Oh no. So I'll tell the story. You tell. I'm, for, I'm sure I'll remember once you say what it is. So uh, Dane and George. Dane was Dark Helmet. George was uh, basically Han Solo, Space Bolt. Okay, yeah. I don't remember what the character's name is. Me Han too, Solo. but. Yeah, so they're, like, going head-to-head, -head and they end up having a, like, lightsaber battle. So the, the they ended up having guns instead of lightsabers because space balls. But the sounds for the rays were, like, supposed to be going off, and nothing was happening. So they kept, like, you know, jabbing and dancing and, and whatever, and they were not shooting because no sounds were happening. And, like, you told me, Toby's just sitting there, like, why aren't they shooting yet? I just don't understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what? Like, come on, get on with it. And you're like, um, I think they need the sounds. <laughs> yeah, there's like a little, again, I like look down at a script and then there's a little like line break and it's like shooty noises, like whatever <laughs> dumb fucking note he's got. And I'm like, you need to play the noises, Mr. Lay. And he's like, oh yeah. And just like hits the button and they start. And then everything's fine again. And no one's. <laughs> None the wiser in the audience. They just think it's funny and stupid. But, yeah. like, everyone backstage is like, the fuck? Literally. And, like, that's the shit, like you said, it just makes it better. But, like, it's just so funny. Oh, my God. Those shows are hilarious. Yeah, I really miss being a part of plays and stuff. That was so much fun. Yup. Yup, yup, yup. I'm still holding McAllister to doing, like, an alumni play. Just saying. I want it. <gasps> should get her in on a D&D &D game. Holy shit. Holy shit. I don't know about that. I don't know how she feels about D&D. &D. I mean, it's basically improv. Yeah, that's true. Fuck. Well, that's a thing we'll have to revisit at some point. Yeah, to be continued. <laughs> uh, I'm totally, now that I've said it, going to message her and be like, hey, this is kind of weird and random, but like, do you still have the scripts for these plays? Because like, A, kind of want to read them again? Yeah. And, like, remember what the fuck these plays were even about? And, B, I mean, we talked about them in an episode, so, like, if you don't mind us posting them so that people can read them and see how awesome you are. Oh. I also have, like, I 
I, I know we have them somewhere, but I, I have, like, because uh, McAllister would always film the shows. Mm-hmm. So I still have some, like, I think I have, I don't know if I have 21 Tall, but I definitely have Broken, and I should have Spaceballs somewhere. I totally want to watch them now. I'm pretty sure I had a copy of Molly Morgan, but I lost it. I can also see if she's got any of those. That like, would be awesome. To us. That'd be kind of sick. I would so love I'm that. I'm totally going to get McAllister up after this. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I didn't expect this uh, episode to be this long, but no, here we are. Drama was important. It was a big yeah. part of both of our high school lives, I feel like. She's basically oh, yeah. like a second mom to me, so like. Yeah. She got me wine drunk for the first time, so. Oh my god, yeah, also. <laughs> so like, this beach top, this beach? This beach. This beach. <laughs> taught us and like saw me as a 14 year old little scared baby. And then like I graduated high school and she was like, cool. And then she came to my 21st birthday party and we were like, cool. And then we went over to her house when she moved and got fucking trashed. Like yep. to the point where she lost her phone and found it in the recycling bin the next morning. <laughs> I love that she got just as trashed as we did. Like um, that was excellent. The, uh, and- all those conversations were just... And I just want to have a disclaimer that this was, like, we graduated way past at this point. Oh, way Still past students this. when yeah. this happened. This was, like, two years ago? Two or three years ago? Something like that? It has to be at least three. It was a while yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Oh, my God. Time alarm. Oh, gosh. I Chance mentioned, though, that... And, uh, oh, because he wanted me for one of my questions to be, what is time? And I was like, no, I don't want that, because then the episode will just end. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, have you ever hit three before? And I was like, no, but we'll get there. We've gotten close. We've gotten close. We've gotten two before a couple times. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, drama's fun. Do it. Yeah. And want. if you guys have any questions about what we did we're not masters at any you know at any rate but like I would love to talk more about it um I know like Dane went for school for acting but like there's also a bunch of programs at Brock that uh, I know McAllister was recommending for like screenwriting and theater production like there's a ton of ways you can get involved if you want and I mean like there's even improv groups like uh Lacey goes with Improv Niagara and like I've always wanted to go to their shows and maybe go to like an improv night or something because I love cool. improv. Improv is so fun. It is. All I oh my god, my favorite memory in drama class is playing scene. No, um, not scenes from a hat. What's the one where they give you lines? I don't even know the name. Oh, I can't think of the name, but it's one where like everyone writes like lines or whatever down on a piece of paper. You take like five or whatever, and then throughout the scene, you open the paper and you have to read the line and make it work. And Dane and I ended up in a scene together where he was like we were on a blind date together which was already a hilarious concept (laughs) and um he ended up being like this creepy stalker guy who said that he painted a picture of my soul (laughs) and that it was in a warehouse and if I didn't go to that warehouse alone at two in the morning he was gonna like crash a train with a bunch of people on it and kill them (laughs) (laughs) it started as like oh haha Dane and I are on a blind date this is funny and we just rolled with it. It got real creepy, and like he turned into this weird guy, and it was so fucking funny. And it's oh my god, crap scene I've ever done in my life. I forgot about that scene until you just started talking about it, and oh so my god, good. we were it, rolling on the floor in tears. Everyone like, was dying. Oh my, god. even McAllister. Half the lines were from us. Yeah, like, that class was basically like our group, and then like five other people or whatever, and like all those lines were from us being fucking idiots. 
Exactly. So we're just dying. Yep. Yeah. That oh was, was good. So good. Oh, I miss it. I know. Now back to reality. Mm. But that's why we played D&D. <laughs> yeah, that's a big reason. I know I'm a drama kid because I like D&D. Like, yeah. it's just a thing. And I definitely feel like it helps with, like, certain aspects. Like, especially with DMing, just, like, improving and going with what comes to my brain. I'm like, yep, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. It exists now. Boulders is a thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Boulders. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, until All next right. time, friends. Yeah. Bye. Bye.